geekversus.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Weekly Games Chat Holiday Episode. I am your host, Chris. As usual, my co-hosts, Sean and John, have the weekend off as they spend time with their families, and I am left alone in the recording studio to listen to video game music that I've heard over the course of the previous year. Of course, this year we're talking about 2017. So, it's a little bit different than normal. No topics, no no news, no emails, no nothing. Just uh, yours truly and some of my favorite selections. I always like this episode because not only do I get to revisit some of the things that I loved hearing throughout the year, but I always make sure to go out there and try to search for things that I didn't hear but have gotten praise from throughout people uh, in the industry and make sure to include those so that, you know, we get a full sampling and, and you'd be surprised at things you can find out there. Video game music really is a great medium. Um, it's kind of like television shows. I think most people don't realize there are a number of TV shows that have great scores and they, they have like full productions that make a unique uh, score for every season of a show. And most people, they don't ever get a chance to step back and hear all the best bits, right? So, uh, it's the same with video games. So, you know, uh, hopefully over the course of the next hour or so, as, as we go through these hits, you will hear something that makes you go, huh? And if it makes you go check out the game and you maybe decide to pick it up, Hey, I feel like I've done some good, right? Uh, I do want to wish everyone tuning in. It's Christmas Day here when I'm recording this, so I want to say Merry Christmas. I hope you got all the games you were hoping for this year, and I hope that if you have a PC, uh, you are currently scouring the Steam sales for every little deal that you've been waiting on all year, and buying all the games that you're never going to play. Let's just be honest. We all know. It's just so we have a nice padded library of things that we can say we have not necessarily always things we play. Uh, so this first song you're hearing playing in the background right now, uh, as we transition and start the show, is Near Autonoma, an episode that we never recorded, unfortunately. Uh, it's one of my greatest mistakes. I kind of uh, feel bad. John one day picked it up in the store, and we kind of at the time were like, eh, it's a little bit too old to maybe be talking about that game. Um, and we've kind of loosened that up in case you haven't noticed here. We're, we're not being so hardcore about the deadlines of when we talk about things. But he put it down and then about a month or so later, I picked it up just randomly. And I loved it. And it was one of my favorite games of the year. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you tune into our best of episode uh, in about two weeks that you hear that name pop up. But uh 
This game is great because it has so many different themes. So I wanted to find a way to put more than one in, not because uh, I wanted to show favoritism, but because literally this is like a game that has like three discs worth of soundtracks because there's so much variety for each theme that they have in the game. So right now I've just got this one playing in the background. We'll hear another one later on. But that said, I do want to move on to the first major song of the episode. Uh, we are going to start tonight with, hmm, that's a good question. Where are we going to start with, Chris? You know what would help? If you pulled up the download or you know, the list of tracks that we're going to be playing tonight, that might help. But uh, yeah, now that I have that up, we are going to start with Super Mario Odyssey. One of the finest games of the year. And it's hit leadoff song called Jump Up Superstar. Uh, it's a great upbeat song. I think does a great job of just capturing everything that people love about the Mario franchise. Uh, and it is just a explanation point on what I think is maybe the best Mario game. Um, since at least Mario... Uh, Galaxy, Super Mario Galaxy from the Wii days. So please enjoy Jump Up Superstar from the Super Mario Odyssey soundtrack. Here we go, off the rails. Don't you know it's time to raise our sails? It's freedom like you never knew. Any bags or a pass, say the word, I'll be there in a flash. You could say my hat is off to you. Grab coins with me, oh yeah It's time to jump up in the air Jump up, don't be scared Jump up and your cares will soar away And if the dark clouds don't disperse Don't forget that you're still a one-up boy. 
If you remember at the beginning of the show, I uh, stipulated that one of the things I love about doing uh, this episode every year is that it lets me discover music from games that I haven't played. Uh, Maybe I'd seen it, you know, maybe it's not a game that even interests me. This one actually did, but uh, for whatever reason, it got lost. Uh, I don't know if you know this, folks. There's 52 weeks in the year. Uh, I am not made of endless amounts of money. I kind of do have to sometimes pick favorites over uh, certain other ones just because of logistics and, and money reasons. But one of the games that did get overlooked this year is Thimbleweed Park, which is a point-and-click adventure game from uh, legends Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick. Um, for those who don't know, those are the guys who made The Secret of Monkey Island and Manic Mansion, which are kind of like definitive point and click adventure games from long 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 ago uh and this game got a lot of pretty big percent uh reception from the industry you know it wasn't the greatest game ever but like metacritic is 85 um you know ign gave an 8.5 out of 10 uh and it is a very distinct game out there because it basically kind of feels like you're playing x-files um, the idea is that you're two agents who arrive in the town of Thimbleweed Park to investigate a murder, and it leads to several persons of interest. So we will see where if if this game maybe goes on sale during the current Steam sale, maybe I'll go and pick it up. But I did listen to the soundtrack here because it did get a lot of praise, and I gotta say. Uh, it's pretty cool to listen to. Again, it, it feels like a send back to a lost age, if you will. So please enjoy the Thimbleweed opener from Thimbleweed Park.
Prime is a game that I think a lot of us in the group here were anticipating. And in the end, we were kind of divided on. Um, John liked it a good bit, I think. Um, Sean and I were, if I recall, a little bit more mixed. I, I wasn't too hype on it in general. But I have to say, if there's one part of the game or two parts of the game that really stood out to me. One, uh, it's artistic aesthetics. It is visually pleasing to look at that game, um, no matter where you are in the story. And more so, uh, a great soundtrack. You know, the game definitely did not have a problem when it came to music. And uh, it, it was one of the parts that I remember when we were talking about the game, I did give it some uh, high praise for it. Uh, this selection we're going to listen to from the game is called the island uh no it's not a reference to lost but the actual island <laughs> that we see our main character in uh in the game uh it's the second track so afterwards we've gone through a storm basically the game starts out with our our hero at sea just trying to survive and and this is the theme that plays when he finally comes to and finds himself on the sandy beaches of this island. So please enjoy the island from Rhyme.
Destiny 2 had a big change from the previous Destiny in really any Bungie game <laughs> that they've ever released in that this is the first time uh, that Martin O'Donnell did not do the soundtrack for the game. Um, for those who remember, he and Bungie had a uh, pretty bad falling out by all accounts back during the um, production of the first Destiny game. Michael Salvatore did came in and did the minor updates for as far as a score for the expansions for the first game. And he took over the reins to do the main composing for this game as well. Uh, I have not heard one person say a bad thing about the soundtrack. So kudos to Bungie for finding someone who could step into Martin O'Donnell's shoes and, and fill what has honestly been one of the best, uh, catalogs of video game music from the last 15 years um so you know it, it was big shoes to fill but they definitely sounds like they filled it I, I i know sean and everyone as far as the main release when this came up for this game they were totally loving it and i have to imagine that in part it is because bungie knows how to make scores that just conjure this this feel of epicness, like we are going out into the middle of nowhere and we don't know if we're coming back alive, but by God, we have to rise to this challenge because if we don't, no one else will. Uh, so this is in that spirit. This track is called Forge Ahead uh, and it is from the Destiny 2 soundtrack. So if you're still playing the game and you don't hate Bungie yet, you might enjoy this song. Uh, for those who haven't, who knows, maybe you can come and start playing Destiny 2 and, and quiet the people that are rioting. But until then, let's just both forge ahead together with Destiny 2.
it's really funny uh, when I think about it now, but uh, earlier this year we did a episode where we did our top. It was like, a, I think I want to say it was basically our top five anticipated games of 2017. It was very early on in the year. I'm sure we'll do something similar for uh, next year, if you're wondering. And one of the ones that I did not put on there, but my two co-hosts put on there was Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I, you know, I was interested in, but I definitely was in wait and see mode because it was a new game and a, a new franchise. And yes, I knew it looked beautiful, but I just had to see, is this going to be another open world game that just feels like something that's copying the trends that we see over and over again in the industry? Or is it going to be something original, something fresh, something that pushes boundaries? And that's what it ended up being. And, um, well, I know John also loved it. It's funny. Sean had on his list. Sean still has not gotten around to it. Um, you know, I'm scolding you on here, Sean, if you're listening, you need to play this game, but yes, it's one of my favorite games of the year by far, probably, uh, one of the best, if not the best open world, uh, third person action game. I won't say the best third open world. Cause there's another one coming up that you could argue is better than that. But, um, it is an awesome, awesome tale supported by an awesome soundtrack. And uh, here I've ch- selected Meridian's Day theme. Meridian is the kind of like major hub city for the whole entire uh, world in in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Like you see little tiny kind of cities and outposts uh, early in the game. But when you get to Meridian, it feels like very quickly you are seeing something that is completely different than anywhere else in the world. It is the New York city, if you will, it's the London and it feels epic and it has a wonderful theme to, uh, support it as you first come across. It's got both a day and night theme. So this is the day theme from, uh, when you arrive in Meridian and it's from the horizon zero dawn soundtrack. Go get this. Please, I'm begging you. I want more.
So another game that I unfortunately, <laughs> along with my co-host, overlooked this year was Night in the Woods. It's uh, gotten a lot of praise. It's pretty, I mean, like I think GameSpot gave this game a nine. Um, and I remember seeing it nominated for a couple categories at the game awards and also a golden joystick recently too it's it, like i believe for game awards i know it got nominated for uh games with impact which is kind of the more people making something that isn't just designed to be you know uh a fun playable eventual adventure but actually have something behind it um maybe asking the the player to think a little bit deeper and and take in a little bit more uh, and this is a game that just recently uh, announced or released a kind of expansion, extended version of the game called the Weird Autumn Edition. You can get it on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Just came out this month. I think I'm definitely going to go pick it up. Uh, but here's an overview of the game, and, and this was another soundtrack. Again, I kept hearing like, hey, you got to listen to this soundtrack, but here's an overview for the game. For those who are curious, if you're, if you're looking is an adventure kind of like, I don't know if it's kind of in the style of, um, of point and click or whatever, or I'm going to guess it's probably more in the style of what remains of Edith Finch or, um, Firewatch, those kinds of games. But, uh, the description is may an only child has returned home to possum Springs where times have changed since the closing of its minds. Now living in her parents' attic, she uncovers a dark mystery that leads her into the nearby woods. She's forced to confront a horrible secret. The town has hidden for decades involving not only the town's mine, but also the recent disappearance of her longtime friend, Casey may's friends also include Bay a cigarette-smoking alligator, and May's childhood friend Greg, a hyperactive fox, and his boyfriend, a bear named Angus. So, sounds like a cool, you know, interesting thing. Like, it's a mystery um, going on. And I, I always love a mystery game, so we'll have to see what the themes are and where, where it goes. Uh, I definitely plan to pick it up at some point. I know anytime you put animals into... Uh, <laughs> into human experiences i'm probably going to be on board with it um but here is this track is called oh no i closed my notes uh finding bay so i guess she's trying to find her her friend uh bay or is it b i'm not sure i'm sure john and john and the listeners will all mock me for how i'm saying it if i'm saying it incorrectly you can look in the description to see how it's spelled if you're curious but uh here it is finding bay or b i don't know please enjoy
I have never played a Persona game, um, but one of the coolest, proudest things I, I think we did this year was, even though it wasn't something that necessarily is up my sleeve or up Sean's sleeve or John's sleeve, we brought in one of our friends, uh, Tim, who came in to talk about Persona 5. And, you know, he had some jitters. He was a little bit nervous at first. But when he actually got into the story and um, the gameplay and stuff, I just remember it was so weird, so unique, and it was interesting. I don't know if I'll pick it up because I've seen gameplays from past ones. I'm kind of like, I don't know if that's something I want to dedicate 40, 50, 80 hours of my life to. But it, I saw, you know, from a narrative perspective, I could hear the hook. I was like, okay, this is definitely interesting and unique. Um, and when I went to look for songs to put on, uh, this year's episode, I wanted to find a Persona 5. I was wondering if I was going to be able to find one just because I know how um, protective that game is as far as certain things. Like, uh, you can't find video gameplay, I believe, very e- easily of the game because they want you to experience it. But I went out there and I searched, and luckily the soundtrack was available in a lot of different places. And this seemed to be the one track that I kept seeing pop up, which is called Life Will Change, which seems uh, pretty, you know, fitting for what Tim was describing with this game as far as the things that go on with it and being in high school. So I definitely want to include it. As soon as I click play, I was like, okay, this is awesome. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever play a Persona 5 uh, game, but I'll say this. I could probably put on a soundtrack tomorrow, and uh, if I had to go on a car ride, it'd be jamming and fun. Uh, so again, this is called Life Will Change. It's from Persona 5. I'm sure if you are a fan of the series, you know the song already. For everyone else, maybe it's time for us to all go explore uh, playing a game where you're in high school and you apparently go into dreams and stuff and fight vampires or something weird. It was like that. I'm trying to remember all the details. I just remember it was really crazy. But yes, uh, Life Will Change from Persona 5. Okay. 
Now, my co-host, they will hate on me forever because, of course, you know, I I was not going to get a Nintendo Switch. And then the reviews for Legend of Zelda dropped and they were so outstanding. And the trailers leading up to it were so outstanding. I just, even though I really, really wanted to hold off to see what was going to happen with the Switch, I had to play that game after reading all that. And I'm really glad I did. Uh, you know, my, my co-host got on to me because I definitely I'm not on the camp of some people that put it at one of the greatest games ever and all that kind of stuff. But I definitely have no problem saying it's my favorite Zelda since uh, since The Wind Waker and that it was one of the most beautiful games to look at that came out of this year and also one of the, the best games to listen to. Um a game like this, I think, would have easily faltered if the soundtrack and its look weren't so appealing. I think that's one of the things that's such a joy is that it is a minimalist game in terms that, you know, you're not getting much direction as where to go with a quest or, or narrative speak. But as you travel these fields and these mountains, um, the rivers and, uh, and eventually to Hyrule Castle, the music carries you there. Uh, it and it changes so appropriately when you're in combat to when you're just on your horse um, riding over a ridge and looking down into a valley below. One of my favorite parts of the game is uh, when you go to, uh, I believe it's called Rito Village, and uh, meet, I cannot remember the name of the hero from that area, but it's just... A wonderful part. I love the music in that area. It feels so distinctive compared to the other three parts, and it's both uplifting and pleasing to me. So I know a lot of people, when they think of Legends of Zelda, they're thinking the best thing is the Hyrule Castle theme or the main theme to the game itself. And those are awesome tracks. But for me, if I was going to uh, play one from there for you, it was going to be the theme from Rito Village. So here it is from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm sure this game is game of the year for 98% of you, and I definitely don't have a problem with y'all saying that. Uh, but enjoy!
Now, one of my co-hosts, uh, John, specifically asked that I include this next track, and I'll be honest, I had forgotten about it. Uh, but the moment he suggested it, I was like, yes, we definitely need to include this. Uh, Prey was a game that came out in May, and uh, John and I were very divided on it. He enjoyed it. I kind of found it a little bit bland, but I have to agree with him. Um, the game opens up with this track. It's called Everything is Going to Be Okay, and it basically shows uh, our main hero. I cannot remember his name right now, but uh, as he is going up in this helicopter from his apartment over to uh, where he is about to start his first day of work. And in the process, it kind of rolls the credits for you in, in the background in a very unique way. But it also just sets this really cool uh, techno tone um, and is probably the most uplifting. I want to say uplifting, but the most upbeat thing you hear over your playthrough of this game over the next uh, 15 hours. Um, so, uh, John, you are totally right to include this if you're listening. I hope you enjoy it. I hope everyone else enjoys it. Once again, it's called Everything is Going to Be Okay, and it's from Prey.
So near Autonoma is a game that I feel really bad uh, in retrospect um, from a podcast perspective about for this year. John picked it up one day like it come out and it came out like at the very uh, early part of March. So basically, John, myself and Sean are all playing Legend of Zelda at this point. Uh, we had just also John and I had also gotten off of um, trying to play Horizon Zero Dawn. And then about a week after it came out, I had to switch over and I was playing Mass Effect Andromeda uh, as much as possible and to get that done for the show. And this just kind of went on the back burner. And one day we were at EB Games and, and John saw it and said, what about this? And John, uh, Sean and I both were kind of just like, ah, it's it, it's a little long in the tooth. We felt like it, it it's moment if we were going to talk about it, we thought we had missed it. And in retrospect, it's foolish on our, our part. We should have just gone ahead and talked about it. But <clears throat> probably about a month or so later, it was discounted somewhere and I picked it up because I was like, oh, I, I just kept seeing this wave of articles coming out saying like, this is a great game and does some really cool, interesting things. So I was like, you know what? I will finally bite the bullet. I'll get this. And, you know, I never considered bringing it up for the podcast. I definitely didn't want to do that where it's like, well, when I play it, we can talk about it. No, 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 no. You know, I, I missed that opportunity. Unfortunately, that ship had sailed. Uh, but I was very surprised. It was probably my biggest surprise of this year was just how much I enjoyed the game. And I have to give it credit uh, because musically it does things that most games just don't do. Most games, you just have one playthrough and therefore you just have one soundtrack. This game has multiple playthroughs that you go through where it shows you different perspectives and then uh, additional chapters to the story. And themes consistently are brought back, but they're they're altered, they're changed. Uh, down to this, uh, I want to demonstrate this as rudimentary fact. Before, the main track we're going to listen to from this game is called Amusement Park. Well, in the game, there's hacking, okay? And whenever you go into the hacking, it kind of goes into this weird, like, 16-bit uh, interface to do the hacking. And in turn, you get whatever track you're listening to a 16 bit version of it. So real quick, here's the hacking track for amusement park from near Antonima. This isn't something that's just exclusive to the hacking. There are medium themes, there are dynamic themes, there are quiet themes for throughout this game. I mean, if you took all the music that is in this game, it kind of amounts to three or four CDs worth, I believe, of material because they layer things so appropriately to whatever is going on to either signify what has changed or what is combat-wise going on at that moment and it is 
a great achievement. You know, this that that takes a lot of work. You could tell there's a lot of passion in this game. Uh, and it doesn't just extend to um, the music. It, it extends out to the story and to the gameplay and to the way um, the art is carried out in this world. This game lets you uh, kill yourself through menu options if you want. Uh, that's an ending in this game. You know, just little choices like that. And it, it shows that everything had thought behind it. Um, and that's true, of course, as I said before, mainly, I think, with the music. So I would like to now play you the actual theme from uh, the game, the main theme for the amusement park, which is just a beautiful part. You go to this, you come in this clearing of this forest, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's this amusement park and it looks like you know kind of like this i don't know this this almost uh play off of disney world but in a different way i don't know how to describe it but it just has its unique charm and you go in there's these little robots dancing around uh so happy that they're at amusement park but also begging you not to kill them um and it it, it like at this point in the game all you've seen is just a ton of uh industrial areas and ruined cities so to come across this area for the first time in the game it shows you it's kind of like the first marker where the game tells you there's more going on here it's not all just doom and gloom here folks there there's something going on and there's a mystery to this world that you're going to have to um confront at some point but i hope you enjoy it this is called the amusement park theme and it's from near autonoma
Mario, he was everywhere this year as uh, the Switch rolled out. And probably the biggest surprise, I think, that came out this year was that he was in a not just a game with Rabbids from Ubisoft, but that it was a tactical RPG. Well, I don't want to say RPG, but just a tactical uh, strategy game, you know, where <laughs> it was turn-based and you have Mario basically doing, I don't know, XCOM or, or Final Fantasy Tactics. I don't think anyone saw that coming or that it would work as well as it did. Uh, but the moment they revealed this game at E3, that which is Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Class, uh, or I'm sorry, Clash, uh, people were on board and wanted to play it. John had never played one of these kinds of games, and he picked it up and immediately fell in love with it. Um, personally, I did not get to play this one uh, before my Switch uh, died or, or, or went somewhere else. Um, but it definitely... I watched videos and it definitely looked charming. Uh, and if I had someone who had never played a tactical game like this, I totally would have been like, you should pick this up. This is a great introduction to why people love these games. Um, and also if you love Mario, this is your in, you know, if you were ever going to find something that would maybe give, let you give these games a shot. I think this was it. So I'm really glad that it did well. I hope they make a sequel. This guy who made the game, I mean, like he came uh, begging to make this game. He was like, this wasn't something that like they forced in, you know, like, hey, let's let's just do this because this isn't out here. And it feels a need for both our companies. It was like, no, no, no. I literally have this idea and I want to bring it to fruition. And I think it would be awesome if we had the Mario characters in there and to his credit, Mr. Uh, Miyamoto agreed. So this is called um, Mid-Boss Mayhem, and it's from Mario and Rabbids. Thank you. 
Now, you may be wondering, what the heck was that? I just heard that is the opening theme from Flint Hook. Uh, this little uh, action platformer roguelike indie uh, game that came out this year uh, by Tribute Games, where basically you are a space pirate that goes around with a grappling hook. Um, looks like he looks kind of like a rabbit. It's, it's out there on uh, a lot of systems. I believe you can get it on PS4. Uh, xbox and windows and i want to say there are plans at some point for it to come to switch but it's not out now but i heard that and i had read somewhere that like even though the game is good it's not anything like everyone's like oh my god this is the greatest game ever everyone said its music is actually pretty cool if you love that 16-bit era stuff uh so that's flint hook uh next up though we have for you a game that none of us played but i thought I always hear people, especially uh, Greg Miller from, from of course, way back in the day, uh, podcast Beyond and Now, kind of funny, talk about Danganronpa. Um, well, Danganronpa version 3 came out this year, and everyone always says it's got really cool, upbeat music, so I decided to give it a listen. I thought it was really, really cool and fun to listen to. I've never played a Danganronpa game. I don't know if I ever will. But I'll tell you this, it's kind of like earlier when um, I put that Persona 5 uh, song on. I was like, I could I could listen to this. I can jam to this. So I figured, why not share it? See if uh, it gets some people, you know, wondering if they need to pick up this game. I know it's out there on PS4 and PS Vita right now. So if, if you have those and you want to inquire or you've played any of the other uh, two games that have been released and you did not know there was a third one out, uh, this is called the main theme, and it's from Danganronpa V3. Danganronpa.
is a game that I kind of wish we had found time to talk about, but it just, it never really happened. Um, and I think it's mainly because for the longest time, it was just a PC game. Uh, it is scheduled to come to switch at some point early in quarter one, but basically it's a classic Metroidvania game from, uh, this small studio called team cherry. Uh, got a lot of praise. It was nominated for a couple of the game awards, especially for, uh, best new indie game or something like that, whatever they call, which cuphead of course won. Uh, but it's an awesome game with a really cool art, uh, aesthetic and also a really cool music aesthetic. Everything, um, the world is kind of in this design primarily of, uh, white, black, gray, and kind of, um, darkened hues of blue and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely got this goth feel, if you will, to it as you walk around these, uh, 2d environments, but it is really good gameplay. It doesn't hold back. It's kind of like dark souls in the sense where when you die, you got to get back to where you died to get stuff that you lost or else, it's lost forever, uh, and it is also fair, though. You know, it feels like it commands you to learn your uh, controls, but after you do, you feel like you've accomplished something when you get past these bosses and move on to a new area. Uh, it is also supported by a great soundtrack. Um, this theme is called City of, I want to get it right, City of Tears. Uh, there is a lot of tracks I could have picked from this and I just picked this because I, I felt it first time I went to this area, uh, in this game and this theme played, I, I, it, it just felt right. Uh, you know, the music really set the mood for where I was at that point, uh, beautiful scenery. And, and I believe rain is pouring down as this is going on and it just feels appropriate. Uh, but this is called City of Tears Hollow Knight. It's out there right now. I believe if you uh, have your computer, you can get it on the Steam sale today uh, for about 14 bucks, maybe even 10 bucks. I think it might have been. And it will be on Switch at some point in 2018. And who knows? Maybe uh, if John picks that up, we'll come back and we'll talk about that game. Uh, or Sean. Yeah, both of them. I hope both of them get this game. Both of you buy this game so we can talk about it. Uh, but once again, City of Tears from Hollow Knight.
Next up is Gravity Rush 2, uh, a game that I feel like all three of us sat around in January of last year looking at this game, trying to figure out, are we going to play this game? Because it looks really cool and interesting, but we have no idea because none of us played the first one uh, exactly what's going on with it. Uh, none of us ever well know. I want to say Sean checked out uh, the original for a little bit and he was like, this is really weird. I don't know if this is something I can play. <laughs> I never got it. Um, and I don't believe John did either. I have to say it looks like one of the coolest ideas out there. And it also sounds like it had one of the coolest soundtracks to support it. And again, I don't like to throw away things just because we didn't play them. And as soon as I put this music on, I said, this is really cool to listen to. I'm going to put this in the podcast for this uh, music episode. Gosh darn it. And I don't care what anyone thinks of it. So this is called the, this is just simply the title menu theme. <laughs> Very deep. Uh, we've got a couple of those today. Uh, some people, you know, they're, they're just like, look, this, this is its purpose. It's, it's for the title menu. But it's really cool to listen to. Um, so Gravity Rush 2, I think it's on sale right now. If, um, when you hear this, should be on sale still through the PSN Christmas sale. So if you are interested, pick it up. Try it out. Maybe you'll like it. Tell us what you think, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about on the podcast how we're dumb for not ever playing this game. So as of today, um, as I looked at how 
my playthrough time for Assassin's Creed Origin, I had uh, crossed the 80-hour mark. Um, so I think it's safe to say I have definitely enjoyed my return to the world of Assassin's Creed and that I think this uh, revamping a new direction they took with the game is totally the right step. Um, it's not a perfect game. It's got some issues at certain parts where it still feels very much like Assassin's Creed and maybe needs to learn and, and grow, but it's taken a lot of steps in the right direction. And Egypt is just one of the funnest environments uh, and most realized environments they've ever made in their series. I, I Going across the desert or uh, going into the mountain areas where the Greeks have more so set up shop, going to the cities of Alexandria, Memphis, they're all breathtaking. Uh, and it feels like you're visiting an area that maybe um, even if, you know, of course no longer exists, but even if you were to, <laughs> it, you feel like you're at least getting an opportunity to see what would, what it may be like to visit that part of the world today. Um, if possible, uh, which, you know, Hey, taking a trip across the sea is not always an easy thing. So sometimes it's, it's fun to have a game that allows you to experience places that you may not otherwise see. I really tried to pick a good theme from this. Um, and the one that seemed to be, everyone was like, you should look at this. I was very hesitant to pose because of the uh, title of the track kind of has a spoiler in it. Um, so I'm going to leave out what the first word is because I think it, I, I haven't finished the game yet. So I do not know if this is in fact a spoiler or if it's just kind of alluding to something. Um, so I will just simply say that this track is called family origins. There may be another word in there, but we'll just say family origins and it's from the Assassin's Creed Origins soundtrack. And I'm going to pause this while you listen and go play some more.
Neo was a game earlier this year that was never on my radar until I want to say about three weeks before it came out in February. Uh, they put a free beta up on PSN and I downloaded it and tried it. And I was like, oh, oh, it's Ninja Gaiden, but it's also Dark Souls. I am totally in on this. And I promptly bought that game the day it came out. And it is one of the best investments I made uh, with very little to go on this year. I was I was very pleased that I made that investment. Uh, and, you know, it is a return to form for Team Ninja. Uh, but it is also something that felt like was filling a void that was out there. You know, a lot of people love uh, Ninja games and, and Samurai games, but there really haven't been any that have pushed a difficulty as of late. You know, the, the games with sword play that have really pushed it have been things like dark souls. Um, so it felt like, you know, team Ninja, they, they came, they took a step back. They reassessed what made their games great, which was great combat and then tried to expand it in a new way. Um, the setting of feudal Japan tying in like all these classic uh, lore tales that um, as far as history that are in there and mixing those with actual historical people from the area or the era, uh, including the main character. I cannot remember his name, but the idea is he is the only Western samurai actually appointed. He was, you know, served, I guess, like he gave up, um, his life in Britain basically, uh, and was declared dead there so that they could rename him as, uh, his Japanese name and, uh, become the samurai, you know, and he could break ties to his family there and those kinds of things. All these things went through. Um, the game has a lot of beautiful themes. There's one called white tiger. Ishida Mitrasuni. I don't know if I'm saying, of course I'm not saying that right. I'm butchering it. Um, if, if John and Sean could see the name on the screen, they would be laughing at me right now. Uh, and it is from one of the many boss fights in the game. And I think it's a very, very cool theme. So I hope you enjoy it. White Tiger, Japanese name. We'll just say because I'm not going to offend them again. And it's from Neo. And I think it's on sale right now. So go pick it up.
Now, if you sit back right here, I'll tell you about a game. A game about reclaiming America from the evil Nazis. It's a tale of B.J. Blaskowitz, and it's one filled of violence. One of them tracks violence to fuel your rage. It's called Uber Violence. I screwed that up. I'm going to say it again. Uber Violence. That's the name of the track. As I went around Roswell, New York, New Orleans, I let this kind of track fill me with rage. And I took it out on them Nazis everywhere I came across. Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, is on sale right now. You can get it for as low as $30. I suggest you do that. And then you put this track on. Uber violence. And you rain hell down on them Nazis. Enjoy.
man, this is quickly turning into one of the longest, I think the longest music episode we've done. But you know what? I didn't want to leave things off this year, so I didn't. Uh, Sonic Mania. You know, there was a period of this year from August through November where Sonic was good again, um, where it didn't suck. And then, unfortunately, um, what was it called? Sonic and Friends or, or I can't. I don't know. Whatever the terrible 3D game that just came out uh, <laughs> in November came out and ruined again how great Sonic is. Uh, it We had this little period where we were reminded that Sonic was at one point challenging to be king with Mario as far as platformers were concerned. And that it was, you know, one of the best uh, games out there from that era whether you're on genesis or super nintendo i i love this game it felt like a callback to me sean didn't like it as much because i don't think he really enjoyed sonic to begin with but for those of us who love sonic from those days where you had this endless ability for speed but at the same time you also had so many different ways to get through a level it was just so pleasing to get a game that called back to that perfectly and gave us exactly what we need. I don't need Sonic to have 3d environments. I don't need it to be the most, uh, you know, deep world ever, uh, or, you know, even the most complex story or whatever. What I need is good level design, um, good character movement and a little bit of innovation while also respecting where it came from. That's all I think most people have ever asked for from the series. And sure enough, you give the game to a bunch of people that are passionate about creating levels for classic Sonic games. They give you a great game like this. Uh, so if you enjoyed Sonic at any point and you have a Switch, you have an Xbox or you have a PlayStation, I highly suggest you go pick up Sonic Mania. Um, this was the main track from the game. It's simply called Friends. So here it is. Sonic Mania. Friends. It's a game that I think, if you listen to the episode, you can tell I was really, really high on this game. Um, Bastion 
and Transistor are also great games, but Pyre is to me Super Giant's best game because it broke from the mold of the first two games, uh, which also had great music and great vocal performances and gave us something that was different. Um, people say small studios, they can't do what AAA studios can, can do. And therefore you shouldn't ever consider them for awards or, or major things because they don't have the most complex things or, or these huge open worlds. And I say, that's not true to me. It's about making a game that is a fully realized vision. And to me, I, I said this at the time and it and still holds true. In my opinion, Pyre is a game that you can tell these people made the game that they wanted to make. They made sure that it worked perfectly for what it needed to be. Uh, and that was the product they put out. They got a little bit of backlash because you couldn't play games online. And they were very honest and said, well, we would love to do that, but we're not going to put online out there unless we can do it to a level that is perfect and meets our standards. And that just wasn't possible with their small studio. So they instead put out the version that worked and in an era where a lot of studios, when they put out things, they put out there and will accept that there might be some faults and they'll just patch it later if possible. Sometimes to uh, the chagrin of fans such as a uh, former host, Chris Hatchett, who just have had games that they want to love, but consistently see can never be fixed because issues are discovered later down the line that can no longer be reversed or, or repaired, if you will. Uh, it's nice to have a studio who actually builds a game from the ground up that does work and really didn't need much in the way of patching, except maybe some tuning uh, to make sure the game was as balanced as possible. This is called Vagrant Song. Um, it's from Pyre. It is a song that plays kind of mid-tier when you meet this... Uh, this musician who's going around and he joins your, 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 your band of travelers and simply someone asks him to sing a song to, uh, to ease the passing of their journey. And this is the song he sings. It's called vagrant song.
settled her foe The doomed ship still resides The titan met her end on its prow Forsaken by the tides In death she leaves her stain on the place The tempest never dies Her final throes and shivers and shakes A thousand years gone by Sin 2 was a game we were going to talk about until we all saw Star Wars. Um, and I said, you know, I can talk about this game if you want. I, I don't think I will have too much to say about it. And I, I mean that um, not in a disrespectful way, but it is a game that I think is best just experience playing. It, it's not something that you can describe. Like the main narrative isn't why you play this game. It's what discoveries you make as you play um the choices you make and how those choices affect your party and your gameplay the different types of combat you use the different types of race um and characters you use in the game um and your interactions and how you decide to solve problems that arise that's that's what people like about these games and i have to say um in my 30 to 40 hours i spent with the game so far that's exactly what i've gotten doesn't matter what it is there's always multiple ways and scenarios to solve something usually you can find even a way to not draw your sword um whether it be talking to animals or having the right party member you know sometimes you need to have the person who is a lizard in your party talk to someone other times you need an enchantress sometimes you need an elf or dwarf uh you always have to be, if you have a Thane in your party, you always have to be aware of the fact that if he's not covering his face, people will freak out and that might impact a negotiation. Those are the kinds of things that matter in this game. That's why people I think enjoy it is that even after you've beaten the main tale and, and gone through, you can easily create a new character and enjoy a completely different game because you go through a different type of uh, game, uh, you know, playthrough you might have a different party makeup you might do different abilities you might have a different race uh all these things can affect every little detail in the game as far as what's available to you at any given moment and that's what a lot of games don't give you is that is that level of freedom to just go around and explore make your own choices and uh sometimes be damned by them uh honestly you know it allows you to fail uh, and you need to be aware that that is a very real possibility. Uh, I looked there. This game is supported by a very awesome soundtrack. Um, I decided to go with Rivalon, which is an uh, area that you go in the game. Uh, it's a very pleasing thing, and I hope you enjoy it. And I hope if you have a PC and you love classic RPGs, I would say if you love Baldur's Gate, 
you should definitely consider picking up Divinity Original Sin 2. I promise you, you don't need to have ever played any of the Divinity games, including Original Sin 1, to enjoy it. Uh, But it's on Steam now. Enjoy. Our final track for uh, this year is from a game that I think had the most painstaking art direction um, setup of maybe any game ever made, and that would be Cuphead. I believe it was what it's like two or three guys all hand drawing this whole entire game in the style of the, I guess, uh, vaudeville disney era uh you know steamboat willy cartoons all that kind of stuff from back then uh and i have to say it was a long wait we we heard about this game back in 2013 and it we just kept wondering where's cuphead when's cuphead we want cuphead and it finally came out and we found one it is one of the most punishing games you will ever play but two it's one of the most realized uh very artistically realized from the soundtrack to the um, environments to just how the boss fights each work. Uh, And it's a blast to play. I mean, my friend's um, six-year-old kid saw this game and she wanted to get, he automatically fell in love with just how the the world and the characters 
uh, looked and wanted to get it. And I had to try to warn her. I'm like, look, you can get this game. He may enjoy it, but you better be prepared for the fact that he is going to have to play a lot and die a lot before he succeeds. Um, but I just think this is a great, great realized vision from uh, a team. And, you know, if you love that kind of era or, or just anything going on with it, uh, the big band sounds and all that, this game really has a great soundtrack to send that up. I picked a floral furry fury, ah, floral fury. Of course I had to pick the one that is like, really hard for me to say because you know i'm such an expert with the english yeah see english language man i need john and sean here so they can laugh at me as i struggle through this uh but that's what we're going to use to close out this year um before we do i do want to say thank you for listening to weekly games chat throughout 2017 we 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 really do this show because you guys keep listening and it's really fun for us to do you know, every week we gather around, whether it's been a long day at work or, you know, there are other outside issues in our lives going on and we put them aside for an hour and a half and two hours uh, and just talk, sometimes scream, but usually with the intent to talk to each other about something that the three of us are all very passionate about, and that's video games. So if you enjoy those conversations, we always invite you to join in. You can do so at weeklygameschat at gmail.com where you can send us your letters and emails and we will gladly read them on air and discuss, maybe even yell about them too. Or you can just hit us up on Twitter if you got something short at Weekly Games Chat. If you still want to just go with the digital social spaces and you don't want to be limited by 270 characters, you can come over to facebook.com also at Weekly Games Chat. Uh, you'll find all of our episodes there and you can post about those, how you feel. If you are looking for places to subscribe to us, iTunes is a great place, Stitcher, uh, Google play. We are on all those places and also YouTube. If you, if you just are at work, um, they're not anything complicated. Just search weekly games chat and you'll just find a copy of the audio file for that week. It's not ever going to be anything video We're we're not that fancy yet. Maybe one day. If you ask nicely, maybe one day. Uh, but if you're at work and you just want another way to listen to it, that's there for you. The important thing is that if you do like us and the service you choose has a subscription-based service to it, we ask you to subscribe, share the podcast with your friends. And also, if they have a review or rating system, drop us a line. Tell people if you like us. Helps people find the show, which is always a good thing. Because if you tell two friends, and then I tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and so on, so on, then apparently like 10 billion people will listen to Weekly Games Chat. Or they'll just know what it is and they won't care. Who knows? But uh, once again, thank you for a great 2017, guys. We are off next week. I do hope you've enjoyed this music interlude. We will be back the following week with our favorites from 2017. So until next time, I will simply say to you, game on, your mom's box, peace out everybody, thug life, and this once again is Cuphead Floral Fury.
Thank <laughs> you.